Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Jeremy Scott Fitness Podcast Radio Show, coming to you on this Monday evening here with an episode via the good folks over at Precision Nutrition. And I believe this original written piece is from Krista Scott Dixon, PhD. And the title is Seven Ways to Look and Feel Your Best. And admittedly, I'm short on time and I'm tired here, but I thought you guys would get a ton of value from this. But if you do want to read over the written version, it's over on the PrecisionNutrition.com website. You guys can find it there. And we're just kind of pulling back the curtain on thinking everybody else has it figured out and you don't, especially when it comes to health and fitness and, and looking a certain way. And it's, you know, on the same parallels as keeping up with the Joneses or comparing yourself to somebody else because you're seeing their highlight reel and not their reality. And that's what I'm talking about here. I know a lot of you who look at maybe people like myself on Instagram or Facebook and social media or people like me uh, in your normal Lululemon store, in the grocery store, at your kid's pickup, at your gym. You see those of us who are a certain level of fitness and, and feel like that we all have it figured out. You know, we have abs and you see us in the videos with... You know, the bodies in the sun, gleaming sweat off of us, the movements look perfect, there's music on, we have the, you know, choreographed outfits, if you will, and think like, man, that person just has it figured out, they're just rolling it, it's really easy for them, it's so hard for me, I, I could never be that, and uh, it couldn't be further from the truth, and uh, I don't ever want to sell you guys on some pipe dream that things are easier than they are. I also don't want to discourage you and make them sound like they're way harder than they are, and I obviously love my life and what I do. Um, and by no means do I think you should do it. I don't believe the way that I live my life is for you. It's for me. It's my process. It's for my wife and our community and our team. And, and it seems to fit me. But it is by no means easy. I don't want you to believe that. I work very hard for everything that I have. And I've had to from day one. I didn't start on third base. I, I was never giving anything. And uh, to keep this body in this shape is a uh, a Herculean effort to say the least, but I'm happy with my choices. And so for all of you out there thinking that the fit people you see have it all figured out and they have it all together, um, they don't. Um, it seems like, you know, for a lot of you out there who are on your fitness journey, and this can be for anything in life. I just use fitness because obviously I'm a fitness person and this article parallels fitness, but this can be for your finances. It can be for your marriage. It can be for your career, the amount of happiness you think people do or don't have. From the outside, looking at the highlight reels of life, it seems like everyone else is better, right? Like everybody else is fitter and happier and healthier than you. And like, you'll never be quote unquote, that fit person or that, you know, financially independent person or that happy person. And if that's how you feel, um, I've got some surprising news for you. Plus, we're going to go over seven steps to define and uh, help you reach your goals so you can finally feel more okay with who you are. And if we're talking body comparison stuff, probably, you know, 15 years ago or so, um, thousands of men would come to trainers and coaches and say, make me look like Brad Pitt from Fight Club or, you know, Brad Pitt from Troy, if you will. And who could forget, you know, how lean and ripped, you know, with the abs, the shoulders, you know, again, I'm talking, you know, perfect case scenarios here. Every dude wanted to be Troy or wanted to be, you know, Tyler Dirty, depending on, you know, what your body type was. Or if you're like me, you grew up uh, in the real superhero era. It was like everybody wanted to be like Arnold, or at least, you know, I did as a kid. And you thought like, man, you know, look how ripped and, and, and perfect he looks. And like, he has it all figured out. I want to be just like that. 
and then you take obviously the female side of it and at this point you can insert you know your favorite you know ig girl or person to follow who again probably is has abs or she has you know the perfect legs and her butt fits you know perfectly into her you know lululemon leggings or maybe you have the same girl who works at your gym or the girl you follow on ig who fits perfectly into her wedding dress or her skinny jeans and seems like it's just so seamless for her everything matches and it's great and it's all choreographed and man i don't look like that when i train or i don't look like that when i wear those leggings and meanwhile, you're living your normal life and you're watching their highlights, but you're living your normal life as you're shoving aside banana peels and empty soda cups to make room for your kids, you know, dog hair encrusted car seat while you're wearing a set of your, you know, husband's, you know, sweatpants that have baby spit up all over them. Or you're the dude who's listening right now who gets heartburn every time he eats a piece of pizza now and his doctor told him he has a bum shoulder high cholesterol and your knees creak and you make a noise every time you bend down to tie your shoes and all we think is if only we could become the brad pitt from troy if only we could become the girl we follow on ig or if you think that my body is something worthwhile if only we could look like jeremy you know like that guy or like that girl like they have it you know all completely figured out they're okay. They're they're awesome even. Like they're amazing. And and we're not. But everyone is not okay. Everyone is not always awesome. And if you don't have the big picture as we do, it, it seems like everyone else is doing so much better than you. It seems like everyone else can handle their lives. Everyone else quickly learns the habits that they're taught. Everyone else is losing weight or gaining muscle or getting fitter um, so much faster and so much more effortless than you are. Everyone else has everything and you don't. And it feels like you are the only person in the world who has your problems. And the truth is, there is no everyone else. We're all fucked up. Like, we're all a little bit crazy. We all have struggles. It's hard for all of us. Now, some of us, obviously, you know, more than others, I think I have a, a, a good fair share for myself. But, you know, end of the day, man, like we're all just a real hot mess inside. And I, I talk about this today with you know, one of the guys we train with and even with Monica in my office. I'm like, I'm like, you ever just sometimes like question like what the hell you're even doing every single day? Like not to the point of like, are you, you know, insane, even though I, I do have those conversations with myself, but I'm like. Am I really making the best use of my time and, and what am I really doing, you know, with fitness and with my life and the, and the things that we are throwing out into the world? And I know a lot of you would, would see me from the outside. Well, Jeremy has it all figured out. He knows everything. And I'm like, I really don't. Like, I'm really just, I'm playing a game where there's no handbook and I'm just kind of going through the days as I see them. And I operate from the standpoint of, well, if I don't hate my Tuesday, let's keep doing what I'm doing on Tuesday. And if it's bringing me closer to my personal goals, then I'm okay with it. But even that, I'm like, should these even be my goals? And I, and we all self-question from the richest to the poorest, from the fittest to the unfittest, from the educated to the least educated. We all question. We are all imperfect. We are all wonderful, messy, and very much human beings with the same hopes and the same fears and the same desires and jobs and lives and kids with dogs and cats and family demands and Toilet seats that have to be unclogged and lines becoming wrinkles and hangnails and alarms that go off too early and we love chocolate chip cookies and wine and beer and 
that's just fucking reality. Like, we are all very similar. We all spend so much time trying to be unique, yet we're all so alike, which is the, the crazy thing to me. Like you, like me, like all of us, none of us in real life are as cool as Matthew McConaughey in those Lincoln commercials. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Like, man, he looks super cool. It almost makes me want to buy a Lincoln, even though I never will. He makes it seem super appealing and super cool. Like, it, it looks perfect from the outside when you have that vantage point. But I'm just as confused as all of you guys are some days driving in my 2008 Honda Accord with 141,000 miles to a building that has my name on it. Built from scratch, just a thought in my brain, and even I wonder sometimes, what the hell am I doing with my life pulling up here at 4 o'clock in the morning for the last 11, 12 years? And yes, even I ask myself that. So we can stop worrying about being the only person who isn't fit enough, smart enough, together enough, getting enough things done in the day. Um, you don't have to worry about if you're a good enough mom or dad or worker or whatever. We all have those thoughts and feelings. I think to have those feelings is normal. We all can pursue fitness and nutrition, healthy goals, and being financially independent and getting ourselves out of debt and just being happy every single day. And those are actual realistic and attainable things. And you should feel good about that, knowing that it is possible for your life. But if you feel like you're lost, let's kind of dig into the seven ways you can start feeling more okay right now with your own imperfect, messy life. And I promise you guys, as much as mine looks together, um, it's just as messy as yours is. I just tend to internalize mine and it lives inside my own crazy brain. But what I have done, and I'll say this before we kick off, I have created an ecosystem and a reality where I'm insular from a lot of things of the world that probably affect other people in terms of creating my own schedule, working with you know 99% of the people I wanna work with, doing what I want for the most part when I want, not really having to answer to anyone other than the people I'm choosing to work with, getting rid of you know the chokeholds of consumer debt that a lot of people carry around with them, just really creating an atmosphere that I can live in that's positive and, and makes me feel the way that I want to feel. And so any self-questioning I have is, is my own and I don't compare it to anybody else because nobody else is playing the same game I am. Nobody else out there listening to this or anywhere else in the world is doing exactly what I'm doing. They're not. They don't have all the same things going that I have going. They don't have all the same goals. We're not on the same timelines. It's completely different. That's why I don't compare. But if you find yourself doing that, you have to reboot your expectations, especially on your fitness journey. Now, I did a podcast, again, off of uh, Precision Nutrition uh, content, and it's called The Cost of Getting Lean. If you guys have not heard it, Go on Google, type in Jeremy Scott Fitness, the cost of getting lean, and it will give you a unique breakdown and explore the trade-offs that might make you think about your fitness goal in a different way, if that makes sense. It lets you know if the juice is worth the squeeze in terms of how lean you want to get and want you, what you want to look like, I guess, you know, in your day-to-day -day life. And so if you guys have not heard it, head over, check it out. But the key message is basically just getting into reasonable, moderate shape, um, isn't too difficult. That's what we share in that podcast. And if you guys want to get in decent shape, all you have to do is make small, consistent changes here or there. Walking your dog after dinner, uh, perhaps going to a weekly training session in the gym one or two times per week, maybe, you know, prepping your food here and there, just grabbing some stuff so you don't eat 
like complete shit and, and don't be a lazy ass and do nothing. Now, if you want to get into pretty good shape, it's a little bit trickier, um, but it can be done if you're a little bit more committed. That might mean you focus more on food quality and portion sizes and you work out a bit more and you're more careful with your indulgences or you plan your, your cheats and treats and it's still doable um, if you're motivated. Now, if you're trying to get into you know, film shoot ready shape, magazine cover shape, that's a different ball game. If you want to get into the shape of the people you look at on Instagram and Facebook and TV, you see and you, you know, for lack of a better word, maybe idolize their body and their quote unquote goals or hashtag goals is what people write all the time. Um, you have to give up a lot more of your life to do it. And for some of you, you have to give up most of your life. You probably have to prep most of your food or at least plan it every single day unless you're going to have like a type A personality like me where you can go you know, 16, 18, 20, 24, 30 hours without eating if that's what you choose to do. Or maybe you guys are eating out of Tupperware. Maybe you measure everything that goes in your mouth. You track your macros via MyFitnessPal or one of the apps. Your entire routine revolves around your eating um, or you're working out. And your sleeping has to be in check so you have enough energy to work out, you know, once or, or twice per day every single day. And now here's the secret. People in the third group. The ones we often imagine are everyone else, are professionals who make a living that way. The 99.99% of those who are not are everyone else. And I have to say that the people in the third group are the ones that you think are everybody else. But those are people who make a living doing it, like myself, where our body is our business card. And even me... I've struck a pretty good balance with my life. You know, could I be more muscular? Sure. Could I be leaner? Sure. At the same time, I don't know. My genetic ceiling is probably tapped out at this point, but, you know, who knows? Maybe I'll be a freak anomaly like The Rock and get bigger and leaner at the same time. But for some reason, I don't think that's a natural thing. So I'm just going to kind of go the way that I go. And a lot of the people that you see that you look up to um, in that kind of third group, a lot of those people only looked at that for a few hours or a few days, um, but they might pour thousands and thousands of hours of work and dollars into that project to get super jacked and ripped and tan. Um, and then, yeah, there is the zero, you know, zero point one percent of us who stay lean three hundred sixty-five days a year. But like I said, it's our job. It's what we do. We're filming probably five hundred to a thousand videos a year where we have, you know for lack of a better term, little to no clothes on. And not that I personally love doing that, but I also understand marketing and distribution in the world. And if my brand is built around me being a certain level of shape and I want to lead from the front, then I personally do feel happy being this lean. That's what you have to do. And even a person like Brad Pitt has an entire staff that's well-paid professionals making sure that he, you know, rolled into the movie looking that way, which... The point of me sharing this is to let you know that even the, you know, 0.0.1% still don't look like that most of the time. Nor are their lives super awesome. In fact, arguably their lives are much less than awesome more often than not. Now, again, I emphasize I like my life. It is not easy. Um, the level of diligence and patience and hard work you have to put into to stay motivated for decades to be in this kind of shape is not one that I think most people possess and nor do I think it's necessary. I think you should do what makes you happy, but not at the cost of everything else. Because for a lot of people, their life looks like this. They're eating 
you know, three ounces of cold chicken out of Tupperware at a family barbecue before they go, um, or squeezing in their second workout before they go indulge in something. Um, if you guys know, like, Charlie Hunan from Sons of Anarchy, um, he complained uh, to the British GQ that Brad Pitt, you know, ruined it for everybody by creating this unrealistic body expectation. So when he had to get fit, you know, for Sons and some of his other roles, he was forced to go work out, you know, two and a half hours a day um, on top of his, you know, 14 to 15 hour shooting schedule. And that's what a lot of these actors and people do when they're preparing for movies and roles. It's their life, you guys. They have a body person. They have multiple trainers. They have a nutritionist. They're on set. Their goal is to do that for their life and their job. Yeah, they might have kids and other stuff going on, but this is part of their job, what they signed up for. So again, like I said, it's their profession. So in short, getting into slightly better shape or being slightly healthier with your your routine doesn't take a ton of effort. And that may be what's the most realistic for most of you right now listening to me. And getting into, you know, epic shape takes a tremendous sacrifice. And for a lot of people, it kind of sucks. Um, it probably isn't worth it for most people right now, um, depending on what stage of your life you're in. Um, but getting into epic shape is amazing. Uh, I'll admit that. Like, I feel happy with my body and how it looks and moves and feels. But just know the leaner you get, we all have a fat ceiling, right? Like we all have this tipping point of, of fat of, of where we are and how we feel. And for me, I feel good being this lean, but admittedly, if I have to get a lot leaner, like let's say my body fat was 7% or 8% or somewhere in there or 6% and I had to go from eight to six or seven to five or six to five, um, that shit gets rough, man, really quick, even for me. Um, and it, it doesn't sound like a lot, but that small variance and that small grade means I have to give up just a couple more things or squeeze in just a few more workouts. And typically my work is going to suffer or my social life is going to suffer. So getting into epic shape for a lot of you guys, as amazing as it might be, it also creates problems because it puts demands on you. It takes away from your family time. It takes away from your job. Um... A lot of the people you see who are super lean aren't that way for a long time. They tend to be less happy, less healthy, um, and they have less balance than the average person. Um, if you ever chase this dream, um, you've probably discovered you know, firsthand if you ever competed or done like a cover shoot for a lot of people, it can lead to you know, injuries, anxiety, for some people even depression, honestly. Obviously, eating disorders is very common in the competition world. Uh, women and men specifically, the leaner you get, you can have like a major, you know, hormonal, uh, disruption. Social isolation is key. So your social life will not be the same unless you can go somewhere and just drink water and coffee. But for a lot of people, you have a host of other problems. So if magazine covers are off the table and looking like your favorite IG person exactly is off the table and you're not doing this for a profession, you don't want to make it hundred percent your life. Well, then what the hell can you do? Right? Leads me to number two, find realistic role models. Now, I'm not saying you can't follow your favorite IG person and use them, but just understand that you will not look just like them. Genetics are a real thing. Age range training is a real thing. You can't look and have shoulders or a butt or legs or abs like somebody else. Your genetics came from your mom and dad, source energy, the universe, God, and unicorn tears. So you cannot change that no matter what, where your insertion origin points are, your muscle bellies, all that is just on 
genetics. You can work to change the things that you don't love, but at the end of the day, sometimes things just are how they are. And so if you're looking at me and say, well, Jeremy, I'm five foot seven. Well, I'm six foot two. So if you're 5'7 and I'm 6'2", we're not going to look the same. You can take my same workouts, you can use them to develop things, but we're not going to be the same. Same thing if you're 6'9 and I'm 6'2". We won't be the same. I grew up, you know, skinny ectomorph, just a skinny fat little turd. If you grew up 400 pounds, odds are when we meet in the middle, even if we weigh the same, we won't look exactly the same. Does that make sense? So just know that there are more fit and healthy people than you can imagine. And they might not look like you expect because fit and healthy, you guys, comes in many shapes and sizes and abilities. And you can look around and see, you know, the gray-haired, you know, doctor um, at your grocery store. And they might be relatively fit, but did you know that despite, you know, their arthritis, um, they still get to, you know, their workout four times per week. Or the guy that delivers your mail you know, walks 10 miles a day as a postman or, you know, the, your child's teacher um, who only has 20 minutes, you know, to exercise every single day. But she does it faithfully, hitting her bike and uh, Netflix every other day before she, you know, takes control of your kid. So the point I'm sharing is there's a lot of levels of fitness and there's a lot of ways to be in shape and to be healthy and to be happy and look and training for aesthetics and training for performance, sometimes they can be the same thing, but more often than not, they are different. And so some of the people who, you know, are the greatest distance runners or the greatest people um, who do triathlons in the world might not look, you know, the way that you think super fit looks, but yet they're doing things that I could never do. And so that's why I'm saying like sometimes shifting the role model you're looking for or shifting the goal is the key. Now, what if you shifted your perspective to good enough or a little bit better or you know trying instead of trying to be quote unquote perfect what if you looked for small amounts and small moments of health and fitness and wellness everywhere you went what if you focused on doing what you could today every single day and not worrying about just being perfect and that comes down to embracing the struggle number three and that's not going anywhere right like grappling with pain, whether that's an actual pain and suffering or just a small daily annoyance, it's part of being a human. As adults, we can recognize the complexity of life and the richness of it and wanting to be quote-unquote perfect or have it all is not an adult wish. It's a child's wish. I'm going to say that again so you guys catch it. You know, wanting to be perfect or to look like somebody else, or have somebody else's life, or thinking that somebody else has it all, that's not an adult wish or thought. That is a child's wish and a child's thought, to have all the toys, all the time, even your brothers, even your sisters, and always wanting more and bigger and better. So just know, as adults, you have to realize everyone has a struggle. You might just not see it. Uh, for instance, the info that they're sharing here on the PN site is 48% of the female clients and 33% of the male clients take prescription medications. So about half the women and a third of the dudes. Of the clients taking medications, 33% of the women and 24% of the men take an antidepressant or some form of anti-anxiety medication. That's one in three women. That's one in four dudes. 36% of the clients have injuries, and many struggle with chronic pain. These are adults, so that means out of every 10 adults you see, about four of them 
have some kind of injury or baggage that they have picked up through life. Yet, you don't see that on Instagram, you don't see it on Facebook, you don't see it when you're in the gym, but that's the reality. 27% of the female clients and 17% of the male clients are over 50 years old. Even if you're healthy, aging brings its own struggles, especially for you guys who are over 50 years old, you can probably feel it. And many of the challenges are invisible. You can't often see pain or disability in people. You often can't see the psychological distress that people go through unless you actually see somebody popping a pill. Um, you don't even know what they're taking, even if you do see that happening. And guess what? Almost every fitness pro I know struggles with the exact same things on some level at some point in time, and especially as we get older because we're not getting younger. And I would be lying to you if I sat here and said, I feel the exact same way at 36 as I did at 26 because I don't. Um, I'm smarter. I get way more done with less, but it's not the same. It just isn't. Now, I have uh, a certain level of stupidity in my soul, in my brain, in my heart, where I'll still push myself to what I would consider like a ridiculously stupid limit. And I can do a lot of things that the younger folks can do. And I probably will until I feel like I can't anymore or I don't want to. But just know every single fitness person you see on Instagram out there um, have had injuries or has them or will have them. We've all struggled with mental and emotional health sometimes. Um, we struggle with addictions, whether that's to work or to exercise or to food or to alcohol or drugs or anything else that, that a human could get hooked on. And yes, I'm talking about fitness people. Um, all of us probably at some point have gained too much weight or have been too scrawny or have gone weeks or months maybe without working out. Now I'll say this, I've never missed a workout in 20 years. Um, so I'm not guilty of that one, but if you want to go back to the addiction, maybe I fall into that category. You see what I'm saying here? Like, I think from the outside, people think that we have it so dialed in and, and so figured out. And admittedly, we do in this area of their life, but we might be doing it at the cost of another area of our life. And so those of us who are at the elite levels of something typically did it at the cost of something else. So just know, no matter what the challenge is, at least a few of us have faced it. And certainly none of us is getting any younger. That's why I preach and coach things that can be done for the long haul. Movements that you can do hopefully for the rest of your life. Eating a certain way, training a certain way, sleeping a certain way so you don't have to give it up. Not doing a bunch of crazy heavy loading and jump around shit. Um, I try to do things that are sustainable for life. And so someone who looks fit may be at the end of a long and difficult journey. And that's what you also have to take into consideration. That's why I don't judge people who come into our space um, a couple minutes late or somebody who maybe missed a week or I'm overly critical if they're not super hyped one day or they're a little bit more quiet because I don't know what people are coming from. I don't know what they just had to deal with at home. I don't know what they just came from at work. I don't know what they're dealing with with their personal and professional life. And so when you see people on their fitness journey, and we like to judge based on just outside appearances, and that's why I'm not a huge fan of that, because we never know the story. Like when you see someone on a fitness journey, or see someone in the gym who's training and trying, like, oh, they're not changing, or oh, what's going on with them? It's like, they might be a cancer survivor, you know, 
who's just coaching through, you know, post, you know, treatment rehab right now, or somebody coming back from another major illness or injury. Um, and they're all just, you know, they're good enough right now. And just showing up and trying their best in the imperfect situation is the best they can do. And that to me is fit. That to me is healthy. That to me is much more admirable than the shit that I do. Cause I should show up and be fit. This is what I do. I'm on video, you know, every single day doing all this stuff. But you see me and you think that and you see them and you're like, ah, you know, they're not trying or oh, they're not putting it together or all oh, this. I'm like, that is much more commendable and admirable than anything I've ever done. And so, which brings me to point number four, you have to recognize and respect that sometimes you're not okay. And it's okay to not be okay. None of us are 100% quote unquote okay. At the same time, some things are really not okay. Um, For instance, if you're experiencing things like insomnia, poor sleep quality, chronic pain, lack of mobility, frequent injuries and illness, if you have depression, if you're socially isolated, um, if you're chronically, you know, feeling lethargic and having lack of energy, if you're feeling like you need alcohol or recreational drugs just to function or get through the day or to relax and unwind, which is a very popular one I hear all the time. If you have concerns with food and eating and exercise that seem to be taking over your life or harming your health, then I think you can probably benefit from making some major changes to your mindset and your habits every single day. Sometimes being in the depths of not okay, for instance, like having a debilitating gym injury, uh, tore your ACL, rotator cuff, maybe ruptured Achilles, Um, If you're the person who got a scary medical diagnosis or you're ending a relationship, um, it might be exactly the wake up call you need to stop, you know, I guess to start working on being a little bit more okay with the station you're at and paying attention to your dashboard indicators, like the lights of your life, if you will. Um, You have to be willing to audit what season of life you're in and what's really important and what's going on. And are your current struggles and imperfections more, you know, the garden variety type ups and downs? And if they are, then that's fine. And that's part of being human. You're going to have shitty days. I'm just confused by people who think like they don't have to have bad days. Like bad days exist so the good days actually feel good. But if it's beyond that, if it's something that really feels off and that you might need a little bit extra help, you should talk to a, you know, a trained coach or a counselor or some kind of healthcare professional so you can heed your own warning signals for life and know when it's not okay and know when you are okay and which one requires you to just kind of buck up and gut through it and which one actually requires help because I think sometimes we get the two confused, which brings me to point number five. Learn to be okay with not being okay. If you're trying to be fit... You're going to have to be uncomfortable sometimes. It just is. Nobody is comfortable all the time. In our place, we call it, you know, going deep into your pain cave. You know, how painful can you make it? Not like the pain of injury. I'm just talking about, you know, can you push the limits of the load or the time under tension or your anabolic threshold? Like how much can you endure in the workout to get the result that you want in a safe, effective way? But if you guys really want to be fit, you have to step into discomfort sometimes you got to let things be a little bit messy. You're human. You're normal. You're not a weirdo. And you're not alone. Um, You might have to stretch yourself a bit at times. Um, And just know if you're really on a fitness journey, there's going to be things that are annoying. And you're never going to be 100% 
perfect with things. And that's okay. It's not about perfection. It's about progress. And the trick is to learn to how to be okay with you not being perfect or not being okay with your okayness. And work on making things a little bit better each day or each season. And I use, let's say, like my wife is the example, probably overly critical of how she eats around Christmas time and thinks that she did way worse this year than she had planned to do. However, in terms of, you know, drinks and, and treats and things, this is by far the best she has ever done around the holidays. So to me, that is a huge win and it's a huge success. So you have to learn to be okay with not being perfect and you can't be your own worst enemy and the harshest critic that you have because all it does is create this negative shitstorm in your brain that makes you feel like you're failing when you're actually winning and the worst thing you can do is focus on the negative and not actually stop and celebrate your wins along the way which takes me to number six take small steps towards slightly more okayness every single day what i mean by that is there's a lot of invisible suffering in the world and there's also a lot of invisible successes and joys too and you guys have to celebrate those because nobody besides your newspaper boy or maybe your husband or wife sees you running at the dark at 5 a.m but you know and you should be proud of your dedication Nobody else sees you waking up and dragging your ass to the gym at 6 a.m. to join your other folks for their Metcons, other than maybe your husband and the people who are there, which is a small group of probably 15 to 20 people total, but the rest of the world doesn't know, and your coworkers don't see it, and they don't celebrate it for you, but you know, and you should be proud of your dedication. Nobody besides your doctor knows that you need anti-anxiety medication or inflammatories or some other drugs just to function, but you know. And you're proud of weighing your options and deciding what's best for you, even if the choice isn't perfect right now. Or you know you're the one who got yourself off of the anti-anxiety drugs or medications or chose to go the natural route. And you're okay with your decision. And you feel good about it. And you have to celebrate that. Nobody, besides the person at the grocery store checkout, sees you picking out protein, produce, and water, sticking it in your shopping cart. But you know. And you're proud of yourself for passing on the Nutella and Oreos and cinnamon rolls and wine and beer that once called your name and made you binge eat over and over and over again. Nobody, besides the inside of your brain, sees you grappling every single day with making the right choice. But you see it. And when you make that choice, you should be proud of yourself for sticking to your values, for selling yourself on the reason why you should do something as opposed to why you shouldn't do something else. Maybe the right choice was pausing for 10 seconds to review what matters most to you. Maybe you were just following your own shopping list when you grabbed those leafy greens. Maybe you think that effort was so small that it didn't count or didn't matter. But here's a coaching secret. The steps that lead to success, they're almost always the small ones. The steps that lead to success are almost always the small ones. Success comes from putting small things on top of small things on top of small things consistently over and over and over again until you get to where you're okay and just where you want to be. Which brings me to point number seven. Find your workarounds. Do you need accommodations or help? And if you do, you have to find it and get it. And you have to work on creating a system that you trust to help yourself. 
If you have one body part that's not working very well or perfectly, you have to explore other movement options or workouts that don't depend on that body part, specifically if you do have an injury or something that's going wrong. It doesn't mean you can't train and you can't be active. It just means you can't do that one thing in this season of your life. If you don't like cooking alone or working out alone, find someone else to do it with. Grab a buddy, you know, have a Sunday meal prep group or hit up a group training class or join a fitness community or get a coach or be around people who have the same goals that you have. If you're having trouble finding time for things, get out your calendar, be a grown-ass adult and start planning. Book appointments for everything, even grocery store shopping. Track your time, use it so you know when you're wasting it. Then set alarms and reminders, stick post-its around, carve out 15 minutes a day, ditch social media, turn off a podcast unless you think mine's awesome, keep listening to it, and hang out with nature. Go for a walk. Do things that are going to put you in the right mindset and get you moving and get you away from your old habits, rituals, and routines and replace them with new ones. A little coaching secret here. Most people aren't naturally good at most things. Most people aren't naturally good at most things. The people who look like they're good at things are probably the ones getting help or who have a trusted system, coach, and community to guide them to get there where they want to be or they did at some point. But more often than not, the best people I know always have a coach, a community, and great resources they can reach out to all the time. When we start accepting our own limitations and our own understanding that we don't have to be perfect, that's when we start making changes and that's when we start to get better. When we embrace the small improvements that add up over time, when we start to treat ourselves with more compassion and evolve past the all or nothing attitude, right? I have to be perfect and if I had one drink this week, I was a complete fucking failure because I said I wasn't going to do it. No, my friend, that is not failing. That is progress. You have to dump that all or nothing horseshit mentality. It is a loser mentality and it does not work. You have to pick yourself up after you fall down and you have to make a course correction when you need it and understand that all failures are not final if you got one flat tire on the road you wouldn't slash the other three tires and just sit there you'd fix the fucking tire that was broke and you keep moving forward and we have to ask for help when we need it and best of all the more we accept you know being not perfect and the more we accept you know being not okay the more life feels like, well, everything's going to be okay. And we're going to make progress as we go. And so what do you do next? Well, you gather data, right? You do an audit of your life. And when you're not feeling, you know, perfect, maybe you have, you know, tendonitis, or you're having a bad day at work, or your husband or wife is going crazy, and you find yourself eating Teddy Grahams, you know, from your kid's lunch, or, you know, eating a waffle over the sink, um, or maybe you have something more serious going on, like some chronic illness or, you know, a debilitating, you know, disease or depression. You have to really reach out and see what are the things that you can course correct and what are the things you need help with. And you have to be able to calibrate your expectations and check your blind spots, you know. Ask myself, like, what am I trying to do? 2020 just started, right? Like, what are my New Year's resolutions? You have to write out the things that you're trying to accomplish and achieve right now. And you have to review those expectations. And 
when you're going towards your goals, you guys, whether it's, you know, finance, fitness, relationships, career, ask yourself this. What a sane, kind, wise friend or mentor tell you these expectations are realistic? If you actually have a sane, kind, wise friend or mentor to ask for that advice. Um, but you have to go from that point of view because a lot of us, we set these goals or we, we write down things that are just completely fucking crazy. And I don't mean, you know, don't shoot for the stars, but also like have a sense of self-awareness and using, you know, the advice from a real or an imaginary, you know, guide or friend or coach, or if it's me, you send a message to. Sometimes you have to reconsider your expectations and how you can adjust them to make them more realistic and more attainable in the time frame that you set them in. And you have to consider a few small, you know, next steps as you go and, one of the hallmarks of, you know, you guys trying to be perfect is it feels like it's paralyzing. It's like, you know, quote unquote, swimming in peanut butter. Not the easiest thing to do in the world, right? And action is the antidote to the paralysis. So whatever you can do, no matter how tiny, no matter how small, you have to do something to affirm that you're moving forward towards your goals. Again, that's why I say even the smallest steps will get you there. And what I would say is you should assemble a team of people around you, um, such as like a best friend, a buddy who supports you without judgment, a family member, um, a coach, a counselor, a community of people, a gym, an online community. I don't care what it is. Um, you need that. And you need people to lean on to get you to where you want to go. And this goes for everything in life. I just really feel like I know a lot of people want to do it completely independently. And my dad will say this all the time to me. He'll shoot me a text when he read an email or something or he'll see a story. Um, maybe Men's Health did or he'll see an achievement or accomplishment will win some, you know, bullshit award or they'll put me in a magazine or they'll do something. Or he'll just, you know, when I pay my house off, he'll write it and he'll say, well, man, I'm so proud of you, dude. You really, you did it all by yourself. And I'm like, yeah, I guess, but not really. Like, you know, he made sure I didn't die in my crib. You know, my mom did the same. You know, my wife has got my back. I got an amazing community of people I get to hang out with every single day. I got an awesome team I work with at my job. So, like, even though, like, yeah, I might be the figurehead and I might be the driving force. And if you want to call me the Michael Jordan of this Bulls team, I still need a Scottie Pippen. Still need a Ku coach. Still need a Ron Harper. Still got to have a Phil Jackson. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just have to have a really awesome team of people around you. And if you don't have that, you need to find that. And I'm happy to help you guys any way I can. And the last thing you have to do is, with your team in place, you have to build a system. This is not a do-it-yourself project. Um, you need helpers. And you need a system uh, to help you. You need things that remind you. Things that guide you. Things that will help you fill the gaps. People that will help you fill the gaps and the things that you suck on for education, for guidance, for motivation, for inspiration. And you just really need a system and a team that will generally help you stay more or less on track. Especially when things get rough and things get shitty and you get run down and depressed and nine things in life kick you in the face. That's when you need to lean on those people. When things are going perfect and the sun is shining and you feel like a rock star, you can probably do it yourself. But when it's raining, that your shoulder hurts and you feel sick and your boss is an asshole, your husband or wife's going crazy, that's when you need the team. And sometimes even the people on your team you can fight with. That's why I say, you know, have a nice little 
tight-knit community of people who have all the same kind of common goals so you can kind of trade off of each other and feed off of each other's energy. You know, they can be, you know, a fountain for you and never a drain. So hopefully you guys uh, enjoyed that breakdown. Again, the original piece comes from Precision Nutrition, Seven Ways to Look and Feel Your Best. Um, Chris Scott Dixon, PhD, put the original written piece out. Um, I kind of went through the Cliff's notes here and gave you my version of, of how I read it and how I understood it. And so if you guys have any questions on this or any of the programs we do or the things we have going on, I'm happy to reach out and help and give you my two cents. But a lot of you guys have been crushing it, and I think it's uh, it's amazing to see. I love hearing your guys' stories. Obviously, any of the photos, videos, when you guys actually fly to Scottsdale and see us in person, it is very humbling. Um, but just to hear what you guys have done and see you tag us on Instagram and Facebook in the workouts and, and repost and reshare our stuff. It does mean the world to me. So again, if you are listening to this and it helped you at all or any of our podcasts have, and you think this can help a buddy or a friend, um, shoot them the link, repost it on IG, Facebook. I'm happy to reshare it as well. I thank you guys for that. And if there's anything else you want to hear from me, fitness, nutrition, finance, lifestyle, otherwise, if I can speak on it, I'll for surely do it, and I'll make an episode for you directly. So hit me up with that. And if you find yourself on iTunes right now, stop. Don't be a lazy ass. Drop me a five-star on your iPhone. Open the podcast app. Scroll all the way down. Hit five-star. Leave a comment. I truly would appreciate it. Same thing if you're on your MacBook or your iPad. Open up the iTunes icon. Hit ratings and reviews. Five-star comment. I truly would appreciate the love. And again, I thank you guys for listening. I need to take a shower, eat something, and get my ass to sleep because i got to be up early tomorrow because I am on the grind. And again, just know, you guys, when you see people out in the world that you think have it all figured out, I promise you they don't. We're all just really giant kids inside trying to figure out what the fuck we're really doing with our lives, from the richest to the poorest, the smartest to the dumbest, to the fittest to the unfittest. Uh, We really have our own individual battles and struggles. And just because you see somebody and they act a certain way and talk a certain way and think a certain way and you think their life is a certain way, I can almost promise you with certainty it's not exactly what it seems at all times. Because I am in a very unique position. I get to work with people all over the world in all facets and I get to know them at their deepest core level. And you'd be surprised by the things that I hear from the people you think that quote-unquote have got it all figured out. And that goes for all of us in the fitness world as well. Um, It really is, the older I get and the more people I meet, it really is uh, amazing how similar uh, we all really are down to our core. Now, we all have our own fucked up shit. Mine is probably much different than yours and different from the guy down the street and everybody else, but we all have our own shit. And just know that you're not alone on this journey, man. We're all just trying to figure it out as we go, so... Have an amazing Monday night, you guys. I'll probably talk to you later in the week or over the weekend. I got a busy week of stuff going on here, but I want to drop this on you. So, again, if you enjoy it, please share it. And I thank you for that. So, until next time, eat well, train hard, be nice to people. And please, you guys, keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you soon. Peace.